Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast. I am joined today by Wabs. How's it going, Wabs? Yo, it's me. What's up? And I'm joined by the long-time, long-awaited man on a mission today, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Uh, things are going well. Use my real name today, so things are going quite well. Sorry, who's I mean, Tim? I feel, I feel, yeah, who's Tim? I feel like Tim is the rebirth, all right? Um, there is some other, you know, entity known as as something uh <laughs> it, rem, it rhymes with um uh uh less uh, less that's just a bad rhyme so that's why it, it, I, that's it why ends I didn't with use less it. therefore i was <laughs> uh you know it rhymes with thoughtless uh which he was before but now he is reborn and <laughs> see see this is how we work right wabs gives me enough time to actually think of the joke and then <laughs> Uh, no, but Tim's here. He's awesome. Um, he volunteered his time. He's like, oh my goodness, you might be must be desperate to have you on. But I think I think Tim does give a different dynamic, uh, especially because it's Tim. So maybe he is reborn. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something new to him. Uh, although, given the topic we have today, I'm ready for some spicy rants for, for some big things. Um, I guess the only thing I can really say at the beginning of the show right off the bat is uh announcements for our show i don't think there's anything too much just join our discord if you want to hang out with people yeah um and just just at people randomly uh we were told that we were the most chill discord um and that was a compliment so i appreciate it right i'll I'll Uh, fix that i'm I'm gonna fix that don't worry You know, but Good here's luck. the thing: if you have two, you know, two or three bad apples to spice up your day every so often, it's not that bad, right? It's when it's when the overwhelming amount of people in the community are toxic. That's mm. uh, well, you know, when you can't drink water. So, um, with that in mind, uh, today's topic, the thing that we've kind of wanted to talk about, like we have a whole bunch of questions that we have to get to, uh, but I don't know if we'll get to it, considering that this thing that we're going to talk about today is so extensive, and I think it definitely pertains mostly to Rocket League, um, but it does cross over into some other realms. We're talking, all right, about, you ready for this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, esports culture and esports as a career. These are kind of our broad ranging topics. Ooh, okay. All right. And Tim, because he is the one who is actually coordinating our show, producer Tim uh, <laughs> thought that, that he would have these topics. So maybe I'd give it to producer Tim to, uh, yeah, this is your new character, by the way, producer <laughs> Tim to, uh, to start us off with what do you want to talk about specifically with these? What did you want to start off with? Well, with having a real name, I feel like I now have to do a real job. So uh, that's going to be why I'm never changing my name, by the way, <laughs> putting it out there. Always last, um, never have a job. No. So so the the thought and conversation as a whole has evolved. So when Lazero first asked me to come on the show, I did. I, my, my first response was, wow, your talent bucket must be incredibly low this week if you're asking me to come on. And it was. It really was. It was him and Wabs and now me. Um and so my initial thought was, okay, we're, I'm just going to come up with as many silly questions as I can to just ruin this show. And I've done you know that. It's so funny, though. Relentless didn't even know that we haven't answered like 
ever since we did that episode, like with his questions, like a whole episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we haven't answered questions since then. So we actually do have a backlog. But then he started yep. sending me question after question. So that was my yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I initially started with really silly esports questions, which I'm still going to ask today. We're still going to get to my really silly esports questions. However, um, starting off as esports as a culture, I, I this kind of came from actually an earlier conversation today within the esports discussion channel. Mm-hmm. That we have where you know they were talking about like um you know the the age cap and, and or the you know kind of unofficial age cap that comes along with being in esports and how does it become a career and those things and that that was the birthplace of the idea there um so i first wanted to start off you know kind of with the good and bad of esports as they exist today and this is a very very rough draft list that i have there and can evolve as lazero and wabbit's uh, give their input. So the first thing I've I, got, I, I, you, you miss devolve. I think you, I think that's what you were. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, anyway. the show is, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those set standards of de-evolution over here. So, um, <laughs> but, but th- this is the thing, right? People liked our original show. So by that standard, <laughs> <laughs> by that standard, we can devolve back far enough. <laughs> Listen, um, that's why I'm getting, that's why, that's why I hit diamond rocket league this week. You know, I'm just really trying to get, really I'm trying to get to silver. So then our show can once again, live its glory days. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying, I gotta get maybe, back to play. maybe, maybe when you get back down to silver, you can make the promise that you'll be pro in two years again. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, then our golden age begins. Anyway, you know. <laughs> okay. So we'll start off with the good. Always starting off with the positives. Uh, the good of esports, and, and some of these are kind of double edged swords here, but um, the first bullet point I've got for the good of esports is it's really something that is open to all and has the potential to be a true meritocracy of ability. Um, and so from an aspect of literally, if you're the best player or, you know, among the best players, you could have a career in esports. You could be involved in esports, um, And that means the top 1% of the top 1% and being absolutely, you know, at the very top of, of everything there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even as the controversy last week or not last week, but like, you know, over the last few weeks when it came down to esports and um, having separate leagues within esports for women, because the opportunity over time hasn't always presented itself. Mm-hmm. That is where it can improve so that it can actually become a true meritocracy where f- flat out the best players play. And, and this was, you know, even back through that controversy, you know, I was, I was kind of, split between ideas of you know everyone should know everyone has been a part of everyone that's been a part of gaming for the last 10 15 years knows that it the lobbies and the community gaming communities have not always been the most open and most accepting and uh and the kindest of people um very quick to devolve as lazero likes to say very quick to devolve into um bigotry type of insults yeah i was gonna say i'm in a safe space for people to play and get better i'm using the term devolve but i feel like i need to take that relatively considering (laughs) (laughs) our community compared to the rest of the esports space but continue but yeah so that that's where um you know that's where i'm you know that's where the improvement can be within that become a true meritocracy and like i said i was split because on one end i do think you know flat out the best players should get the positions and if if they're starting a separate league that excludes people, 
mm-hmm. then I don't know if that's really going to produce the best players and and all those kind of things. I don't know if it's going to hit what they want to be able to hit, but at the same time, because gaming at the highest level has not always been the most open, accepting and an honorable thing. Maybe it is good to have a safe space where people can play competitively. And if it, if it gains traction, then fantastic. And everyone wins. It really doesn't actually hurt anybody. Uh, it's just one of those things of maybe it, you know, depending on how you want it to be a little bit different. And I think that's a very difficult thing to navigate when your intention is that you want to create a platform for people to get better. Now, I don't know if any of you guys, have, if you've even talked about it on the show about the overall esports controversy that was going on there, but that's kind of my initial thoughts. You're talking about like the leagues, right? Specifically, yeah, the, for, like for like the leagues that um, you know. Here's that here's the honest yet. here's the honest truth. I think I think the reality is that for any uh, for what most women trying to get into esports, especially if they're a high ranked player, right? Any team they would be on right now would be predominantly male, mm-hmm. um, and that makes it a very kind of difficult environment, right? If you're trying to because because of that bigotry, right? A very difficult environment to be able to actually find players that you're going to play well with and. You know, they don't say terrible stuff to you and, and all that stuff. Right. Not, not I mean, there might be, but it just might not be a welcoming environment. Right. So um, even if as an ideal, the meritocracy is there, I think until you have enough representation, kind of the higher levels, yeah. um, you can definitely allow for these leagues. That's simply put. So that's actually super fair. Um, I'm going to like my response to it is similar, but I think I'm going to take it a bit farther. Um, and I don't want to say that. um like I'm actually just not going to say uh, that there is cert- <laughs> <laughs> certainly that toxicity in the the higher ranks, um, like or in the the pro level scene, which is like where they would find their uh, find the teams, stuff like that. Like that's kind of what you're hinting at was that there's where there's the potential of that um, toxic space in uh, the teams themselves, like your two teammates. Um, in I guarantee League. it. If you had a five year career, mm-hmm. right, and you, you were only playing on it. these yeah. male, you know, like all the teams, all the top players, you know at this mm-hmm. point are male, you definitely would be dealing with a lot more things like that, that none of yes. the other, your teammates would ever have to deal with. 100%. Like that's definitely true. Like I'm sure that you could ask karma. Hey, has anyone ever been whatever to you? And she would just say, yes, no questions asked immediately. Yes. Uh, um, combo geez. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't resist. I can't resist. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the, the thing that I really do want to say, because I'm at least going to hope that that, the number, the um, possibility is fairly low. Definitely there that you know they do get the toxicity, whatever. Um, but I'm gonna hope that it's low. If it's not, that's a different problem. Um, the problem that I see is in the lower ranks. Obviously, the toxicity is there a lot more in the lobbies and in the random groups that you're gonna find, where there's just people who are very, very toxic towards. Um, honestly, any minority. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's there. There's a lot of that stuff, and. It's, I would I would hope that it's less or more common. Well, this is bad. It's definitely more common there because they don't have the contracts. They don't have the, the their own. Um, yeah, they're not trying to be a pro player, so they have no exactly. one. Like really, the worst thing that happens is they're banned from a game, right? Uh, exactly. And yeah, and, and then they honestly, just create a new gamer tag and they start yeah, over. Yeah, or, or, as yeah. long as they're not IP banned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the lower ranks is the problem and the the, uh, the worry. But uh, the secondary uh, issue is that there is no representation like you alluded to. So if there's no representation, then it's like, well, who are you looking up to to actually see yourself in that and say, hey, they made it. I can too. that that first or even second and third. Yeah, you got to be Ronda Rousey. All right. Essentially is what is what we're saying. If you want to make it right, you have to not everyone. You have to be the best and also more than willing to deal with 
everything all the exactly. way up from the bottom to top where it's consistent um, until hopefully the pro level ever. Uh, and that's, that's, I think the problem. And in the, if you include the possibility of like a woman's league, then you have that chance of actual representation and people saying, Oh, there's the space regardless. Like there, there's something there that I can actually work towards that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. And if that working towards it is possible, then you know you can actually have the the teams that are willing to to go out and do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the yeah, representation no, think seeing yourself good. there is is really the the whole point there, and that is something that's like we're not in a meritocracy. I'm I'm gonna say it. Esports isn't because we don't have the representation. So why would anybody ever consider an esport um, if there's if it looks like there's no possibility? Right. Yeah. And, and that's where I said it has the opportunity for a true meritocracy. I mean, right now it kind of mm-hmm. is one of those like it's like a soft meritocracy. So you will get, yeah. you know, somebody like Karma who is infinitely better than, at the game than any of us can ever hope to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does. She has to flat out be better than her counterparts to be considered equal to her counterparts. And that's kind of the challenge upon breaking some of those barriers that people are going to face. And there's going to be people that say that that those barriers don't exist. And those people are just going to continue to live in that kind of world where they don't think that barrier exists, whether it's for good or bad reasons. Um, my only solution, my initial solution was, you know, creating a, a tier two type of, um, type of league where if you've competed for something like RLCS or whatever esport you're in and, um, you're competing at the top level, you overqualify, meaning you cannot compete in this tier two league, but in the tier two mm-hmm. league, Every team has to be mixed gender. So you have to have um, male and female on the team. Regardless, every single team has to have it and they have to be upon uh, on the starting roster for that team. So you cannot play an event if you don't have the representation. That was my only like potentially band-aid, but I don't think there's a really a true answer. It's going to appease everybody. Well, I just argue that like both those leagues are fine because the organizer ultimately should be able to decide. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, my, that was my first point um, for the good of the esports and potentially the better of esports. Um, my next bullet point is variety of genres. So esports as a whole, not just Rocket League, there's plenty of different types of games. Whether it's actual sport simulation games, Madden, NBA, 2K, any any of those things, or you have sh- first person shooters, you have MOBAs, you have you know the unique game of Rocket League. Um, so you Card have games, so many different. Like genres so it's not something like you know traditional sports where you have to be you know a a top level i mean i guess i guess it's kind of like traditional sports like you can be a golfer you can be play football basketball hockey like there's a lot of different avenues and everything but i think with esports can can i just say it can i just say here because we're on this topic in like 90 percent of you know what we consider traditional sports half your job like regardless of, of the actual skill mm. of the sport is to just be in good shape, like be an yeah. athlete. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that is very different from esports, right? Not necessarily. Um, think of being in good shape as, you know, think of somebody being like good, you know, practicing the game, right? So like being in game shape for esports is like, you can do things without thinking, muscle memory, that kind of stuff. So that's where I consider working out, exercising, practicing within something like football or soccer similar to um esports like when you have the pros that are going to be on and they're practicing um they're in free play for four hours a day they're you know they're practicing different things i I guess 
I guess my biggest thing is transferable skill. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and then I can argue against it because, like, you know, as long as the genre is within itself, I have some transferable skills. But, you know, there are some sports that just by the sheer fact that you're athletic, you can be in, you know, top top 10% in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in most... Although I don't to, be, to become it. professional, though, you won't. You have to have the talent to become professional. You know, when when you're talking about like say the NFL for football, you know that's less than one. Okay, of well, I don't. I, I I actually very much disagree with that. Less um, than one. Well, less than one percent of all college athlete football players actually play in the NFL. Yeah, and I guess and I guess all the college interesting thing about talent is are. All college football athletes are in incredible shape. Even like, you know, I've I've spent plenty of time around, you know, football players and everything. Linemen run faster than most people and linemen are the heaviest people on the field and they run faster than the, the average generally decent athlete and everything. So you do, you have to be the top 1% of your, of your chosen sport to be on that professional stage because, and, and then to have longevity with it. It's not just like, being the best well, I just, I just, of the no, best no, I think like, like, well, okay, you, you brought a lot of jeopardy. I just want to bring this up. Like, I think in traditional sports, it is the people who are meticulous about the hard work and about actually taking care of your body that are going to last the longest, right? Because the person that has, like, so much talent that they get away with a lot of stuff, as their career progresses, they're going to get a lot more injuries um, and they're not going to take care of themselves well, as, as much. Anyway. I think with it, I think when you That's look at it, you have, you have to compare it because what you have to compare it to is other people... So you have to compare, like if you're looking at a basketball player, you have to be able to compare it to other basketball players versus the mm. average basketball player. So um, there's actually an athlete, uh, a basketball player named Brian Scalabrini. Um, he kind of had the joke, running joke, if he has no Kobe Bryant as the black mamba, the running joke with Brian Scalabrini, Scalabrini he was the white mamba because he was just this kind of big, loppy white dude. Um, and he had things where he would go play against just like, average college high school to college level hoopers and he would absolutely destroy them now in the nba you're like hey that guy's kind of like a bench player he's not a starter on any nba team for the most part but (laughs) but compared to the average player compared to the average guy who's pretty good at basketball he absolutely wrecks them and he i think he had a quote along the lines of he's closer to being lebron james than those people are to be him well yeah and we know Mm -hmm. that like even in Rocket League, we know that. Like so all the yeah, yeah. So it it can be both. It can be you know if you're everyone like like if you say essentially everyone's going to have for the most part a baseline talent that they have to be able to achieve, and then the you know the super athletes are going to push it beyond that, and then you have the super talented, super athletic people like the LeBron James of the world. There, it's going to be the top one percent of that top one percent, and so you know it's all you know uh, it's all about who you compare it to, I guess. And I guess, you know, maybe my point with with um, hard work, I mean, I'm just going to relate this. Like, I've, I've completely lost what our point was originally on that. <laughs> the, but, vari- the point was um, there was a variety of genres that people yes, can play. Yes. Which we There's a variety of genres of, of things in esports. Um, but I've every esport that I've ever gotten serious about, I've gotten top 5%, right? And I don't think that's due to talent. I just think after a while, when you play video games, you kind of start to see patterns of, of practice. Now, I my biggest thing is jack of all trades, math serve none um is that the crossing into that 0.1 percent right the only thing i've ever done that with in is hearthstone and that's because the relative um the relative gap it's just knowledge at some point if that makes sense um mm-hmm. as a and and like playing statistics as opposed to mechanical execution 
Um, and that's why probably that was the one that I got the furthest. But regardless, the the um, I think that is where where kind of talent goes in, right? And drive and and some of those other things. But definitely, I think that we see that top one percent, uh, especially as in between genres, right? Where someone will play one game and they're the worst person ever <laughs> in it, uh, and then they play another game and they're like incredibly good, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that, and that was like kind of a, an additional point that I was going to have is, you know, having that variety of genres does allow for crossover to, for people to stay on top of trends. So maybe you were a pretty top level Overwatch player. Well, then Valorant comes out and it's similar enough that you can, you know, start at a pretty high level within something like Valorant because you already have the skills necessary to be successful oh, there. So I'll tell you right now, CSGO players <laughs> yeah. be doing a lot better in Valorant than Overwatch. Dude, I don't follow any of the first person shooters esports. <laughs> I'm just thinking no, no, like no, I thought I'd throw it out there. I thought hey, you got you got a shooter and people with superpowers, so that's kind of like Overwatch, but the actual skill set is probably closer to something like a CSGO. So you you can't move when you as I was just a side tangent, but in, in Valorant you can't move. <laughs> move and shoot because then your aim gets bad mm-hmm. compared to overwatch where you're like upside down and you're like yep. still getting perfect headshots you know <laughs> <laughs> also calling overwatch a shooter is kind of wrong it's closer it, it's, to a MOBA. it's a first it, it's close <laughs> yeah it's closer to what, what's that thing like something on n i'm not sure but it was a tf2 it, second like the second yeah, tf2 it, it, no, anyway it's, it's definitely just a first person MOBA. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like calling uh, Rocket League a sports game. It kind of is. It kind of isn't. I get it. You're totally right. You're t- you know what? That's a great analogy. Uh, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, next bullet point for the good of Rocket League it's it creates a longer life cycle for games that people are passionate about. So a lot of games do gain cult followings and a, a game that I think of when I think of a mm. cult following that gets played long beyond its life cycle is something like Dead by Daylight is mm-hmm. like that's a game that continues to get played and it's pe- the people that play it are very passionate about it but there's not a pro sport platform for that game to maintain mainstream popularity but something mm-hmm. like rocket league it may not be the top esport you know across the board but it's a game that came out you know many many years ago that people are still playing and you even look at something like csgo that's been around forever like people are still playing that game as if it's new and and i think i think can i just make a side tangent here i Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is on your list of things so uh, forgive me if i'm uh what's it called uh jumping ahead jumping ahead there there's some analogy to track and field there um so um what i was gonna say is i and i've seen this in so many esports is the the ground up esports that don't really have an esports scene but get that kind of cult following a lot of them have the potential to then when they grow big enough if the company is then interested in it to really explode um, I think that for me, from what I've seen historically, has always been the best solution where you have a game, get a natural following of diehard fans. And then on top of it, then all of a sudden get like uh, support from the game or, or, you know, from from really mm-hmm. big, big mm-hmm. money, big sponsors and stuff. Um, I think what happens is there's just certain certain esports that no matter what you do, they're just too small in some sense. Or perhaps the publisher doesn't have the connections to really make it go beyond what it is. Um, but it could be a really fun game that I play, you know, with a friend or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the benefit of it, of when it's an esport, though, is the online presence of the community still mm. playing. So that's where that's where games that maybe you and a friend really like that is way beyond its life cycle and doesn't have the people playing it regularly. Um, you know, that's where having the esports side of things 
keeps things alive so that you are going to continue to have the online presence and people playing online. So if it's a, a non-online required game, then obviously you don't necessarily need the esports side of things to stay engaged with it. But if it's if it's a game that requires other online people to be involved in, then you know you definitely want to have that higher end esports presence to it. No, for sure. Um, all right, so that's that's my overall bullet points. If you guys have anything else for good, the good of esports as they are right now, um, you know, feel free to throw them in now because I'm going to get over to the small what I have here that is uh, that is bad, and this is just again kind of rough thoughts for it yeah i know uh, let's i think we can well I, I think i'll be able to probably give you more good points if i if i play devil's advocate during the bad so i think we can probably <laughs> just just jump into it well my, my bad one is much, it's much shorter than the good one because i think overall i think esports are a good thing to have there i know there's a lot of people that are like it's don't, quit calling it esports it's not a real sport or whatever it well, is that's what why it we is. call like, it esports anyway <laughs> that's why we added the e okay <laughs> Uh, I'm not so, going to convince you that my email, all right, has a stamp on it. Okay, <laughs> I'm not trying to. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. So my number one bad thing is there is not a set standard for a league or infrastructure built out for <laughs> many, many of the esports. You know, you, you don't have some Come like <laughs> you you have the um, you have the overall aspect where like you have a professional scene, so you have something like RLCS or whatever, mm-hmm. but outside of just RLCS, like there's not really a, a traditional infrastructure built out in, in an industry where billions of dollars are spent every single year. There's not really a, a infrastructure and stuff that is continuously built out across esports. It might be something like one specific one has an infrastructure built out to it, but it's not something that is consistent through multiple esports. And, um, you know, there's, there's items that can potentially add it to something like rocket league. And I'm saying most of this without mm-hmm. true knowledge of the, uh, without within the esports culture as a whole. So I'm probably going to get crucified yep. for it, but yep. <laughs> well, I can tell you flat out rocket league does not have the infrastructure built out considering that now people are clamoring for RLRS again, like, cause they want a minor league of sorts. Um, and I think that's kind mm-hmm. of where rocket league loses itself is there really isn't a full minor league built out in something like rocket league. Other larger yeah. esports probably do have minor leagues. Um, again, I don't know, but um, something like Rocket League doesn't have something like minor leagues, and a lot of other esports probably don't. And there's just not a consistent infrastructure built out across all of them. And I'd even add to this, like, so, like, I think CRL is really good, but the, yep. it's weird because CRL works in every other esport. Like, literally every other esports, CRL is a fine idea. But in Rocket League, it doesn't work because of the the way the way the game has gone when it comes to age. Um, in mm, C- yeah. CRL happens too late in the game. Um, like you use something, you need something essentially at high school level, I think, for it to, to, to actually really transfer. Um, but in yeah, it, it for 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 this particular game because I think every other game it's it's a pretty good age that CRL works. Um, on top of that, I think Tespa disappearing just just for esports in general, Tespa disappearing was a big blow when it came to this kind of uh, having Definitely. like groundswell support uh, from the bottom up to try to try to keep these games things. And I mean, and I mean, I've pretty much sworn off all Blizzard games at this point. But mm-hmm. um, but I think in general, what was really good was Blizzard was funneling a lot of money essentially to have all these leagues for all their games in universities. Right. Um, and so and so it's kind of, you know, that infrastructure is gone. So, yeah, I think I think high school leagues might be a good one, especially for Rocket League. Um, I think as well. Um, 
it it's kind of crazy like i feel to me for for every game that's very esports heavy there should be like the tournament system and the way to kind of rank up should be within the game like the set dates and everything should be should be programmed into the game because that way they're literally people who have no idea about the esport can be like sign up with your friends if you're this rank or above right like there should probably be a, a base level okay we don't need bronze people <laughs> against i don't gimmick but um what i will say is is having is i just said bronze people like that's the most like you know what i mean i just like i didn't even say bronze players i'm like nah, nah they're, they're they're the rabble i guess um but no um what i was gonna say is it'd be i think for esports to have this infrastructure having an in-game system where it's literally like this is the league you rank up and if you're at this point like your your team your team could have no coach right but at some point like you get to the highest tournament structure or tournament like it could even be like a weekly league that's set timers or whatever that once you get to the highest point it's like you're, you're actually in the rlcs now and it's still automated from the game i think that would be a big help uh, especially I, and I'm not even saying for most games I'm saying for specifically the games that have esports like leagues established like good esports leagues established yeah and yeah. I mean mm-hmm. they have like there's all these unofficial ways to essentially put a team together and then That's you end want, up you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so something like and, it, and it's really frustrating that it's all these weird unofficial side things that that do these minor league type of things. I enjoy that the community does do that because it means the game has inspired all of this stuff. But like, why does like, why is there not like a six man's type of thing just like sponsored by Psionics? Why haven't they put together something like that? I guess you can consider ranked that way, but at the same time, it's like also not exactly. It, it'd have to feed in to you playing not not in just games, but literally in tournament, like literally RLCS yeah. tournaments mm-hmm. or at least big prize money tournaments within the game structure. I'll also say now, sorry, I'm just, I'm just thinking back here a little bit. I know why six fans isn't implemented in rocket league. Uh, <laughs> Cause they'll have very little control over what is said. Um, and unlike a third party, which the third party can take, it's like, Oh, we're a third party or a small third party. Right. Um, if you know, if, if they get enough, flack for how people are behaving in six mans with if it was a within the game thing uh you know they might want want to get rid of it because they're corporate so and because yeah anyway yeah. Uh, i mean that kind of kind of goes to, but um kind of goes to my next point but wabbits do you have anything else there i yeah i do um <laughs> so I'm that's just, so upset you don't like, have to be sorry wabs just go <laughs> no i'm still trying to figure out how to say it. it that's that's the real i'll problem. just say it so like things Wabs, the things we've said on the Robin Kyle show. All right. Nothing here is even <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, so a couple, there's a couple things. Um, the first one is that, you know, college stuff like the CRL is that major thing. Um, and it is that direct through line, at least for the vast majority of games, like what zero said, high school would be better, but that's really, really hard and impossible to implement um, just because of the sheer number. But um the major thing that I'm thinking of is that doesn't South Korea have this already set up? Like, oh, okay. Oh, listen, this, and I, I know, I know, it's a, it's a big stretch to be like, hey, South Korea has this. South Korea has so much stuff. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you because it, it's like South Korea did this 20 years ago. You know, like we're not even talking five years ago, right? 20 mm-hmm. years ago, every big company in Korea were like, this is the game that all these young people are playing. All right. 
And mm-hmm. we as companies are going to create these team houses and a structure where we're going to recruit people and train them and then they're going to be the best. And it's also advertising, right? Yeah. Um, but there has not been, we've had uh, companies in, in the esports space in the West, right? We've had companies that, that sponsor events and Red Bull, for instance, right now is killing it mm-hmm. in Age of Empires, right? Mm-hmm. Just every event by them is amazing and great production and stuff, right? But we don't have um, essentially, like let's just say you're trying to make a new esports league, right? We don't have um, Coca-Cola, uh, you know, Adidas, um, you know, Nike, uh, you know, all mm-hmm. these like big giant brands all of a sudden being like, we are creating the structure from the ground up, right? To train younger players, but to have a main team and have like a roster, like athlete type system that we have in schools, right? Because, um, because I mean, what's the infrastructure, uh, let's say in America, right? In the States, um, mm-hmm. you got for every single sport pretty much you can be just really good at it in high school yep. <laughs> and then get into university with a scholarship on it and then get into the pro league or skip yep. the university part you get into the pro league right mm-hmm. um and and relatively right if you are good enough the, the structures are there you just kind of have to look for them a little bit but they're there right um f- for most of the major sports uh while these games um don't really hold that up right um, there's lots of scholarship and t- that type of stuff opportunities, but it doesn't follow through. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, so yeah, I, I had another thought, but I want you to finish your th- your 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 thinking on this. So continue. <laughs> so that's that's kind of part of um, like the the high school thing, or like not the high school thing, the high school to college to pro league. Um, I think that's kind of a major issue in esports in that it adopted the NA model. I I want to say that EU probably doesn't do the same thing. Um, my counter or my example there is football clubs. Like those football clubs kind of go all out, don't they? I don't actually know. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll uh, yeah, they'll essentially sign on a, a kid that's, you know, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that kid is going to develop and stuff. They're going to be our player in six, seven years, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, so we don't have academy systems, right? We don't have exactly. systems. In, uh, that's actually a great point, right? Academy systems were essentially some, some big team right like a you know uh i'll say chelsea right now because chelsea in 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 the uh in the english premier league they has they have just been popping out the best players um so essentially they're just like uh, go around the whole country right Mm -hmm. um grab the top 100 players you find prospects offer them this you know contract you know where they can live and and you know just breathe and and get really good at the game and then give them like a full full time contract or sell them off to another pro team. But they train them up. And essentially, if you get into that first contract, right, if you get into that team between your like ages of 14 to 17, you have three or four years you can dedicate your life to, to really becoming really good at this. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not the case in the esports space. Well, and I, that's what I'm saying. It's not just the esports things. It's that that's the case in North America. Um, you know, U.S. and Canada don't have these things in place they instead are just like no go to go to college go to university and then we'll pick you up from there um well it it depends it it depends so um you know first of all within esports i think i there's only been like one major at one that i can remember and that's with kansas city pioneers i think they signed a really young kid to their little um it was just kcp but yes Mm -hmm. yeah i think they were like the only ones that did it they're the only ones i can remember but um 
No, there it, it depends on which sport and everything that you're doing. But if you're looking at something like basketball and football, then yes, mm-hmm. those 100% use university as a way to facilitate their minor leagues. Basketball mm-hmm. and like NBA basketball does have like the G League and so they've got their own kind of minor league, but it doesn't facilitate nearly to the level of college basketball which, you know, has their own kind of setup and everything for that. So it's like in their way, they take advantage of players and college basketball and stuff in a very, very extreme way. Uh, and and that's what they built out as the infrastructure, meaning like players are considered amateur at that point. And they have to declare for the draft. They can't play yeah. in college basketball anymore and and all those different things. So with basketball itself and football, yeah, they, they desperately use college. But other more individual sports or um, or other sports in general, like, you know, Baseball doesn't use college nearly to the same degree. Um, they kind of use high school as that more identifying factor. Um, and then there's other like individual sports that is just based on like if you you don't they don't really use college or anything like that. It's just so like golf is going to be something where nope that player just goes out and plays in a tournament and he can either win money and he just moves himself up that way. But he's got to like qualify to become a pro and all those things. But that's an individual sport versus a team sport. Yeah, yeah, and. Well, that's kind of part of what I, where I'm going with this, I guess, generally, um, the clubs and the academy system, it's, it's there, but it's not like NA doesn't have it. I don't think I can say anything in NA is the academy system. Well, uh, they have it and they have it and they don't, they don't have it as in your face. They utilize high school and college as exactly. their academy system and exactly. they do everything under the table in a very like yep. not so uh not so um honorable way mm-hmm. and the athletes and stuff they they get paid but they don't actually get paid because they can't get paid otherwise they're not eligible for school but mm-hmm. trust me all those athletes get paid that's what they say after they leave like yep i was getting paid mm-hmm. after essentially whatever school they were at was caught and they lost you know the school lost whatever awards they had at the time and all of a sudden the athletes were like Oh yeah, I got paid like, you know, they gave my mom a car and they do all this different <laughs> stuff. And, um, you know, like it's, it's definitely a lot more under the table, a lot more shady in North America. Um, they want to pretend like it doesn't happen. Although that is changing because the, uh, NCAA recently allowed players to get paid for their likeness. So items like, um, football games, basketball games that are you making these college games and using the player's likeness, those players are actually gonna get paid for it, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like they use the high school system and the college system as the academy. They don't have this specific in your face, like very clear, go here or don't even go here. We'll just find you and bring you here. Um, those I think could be beneficial to general esports. I'm not going to lie because things like uh, boot camps and um, team houses and stuff like that, they exist for the high teams and are some of the best things that all of the team players will say like is good. Um, it's constantly like just, just imagine, sorry, like I'm just thinking mm-hmm. like I want, I want the reality TV show like with <laughs> 20 of the best like rocket league players that haven't been signed yet. And it's run by psionics or Epic games. Right. Yeah. And it's just a reality TV show where like the top, I don't know, top four players or something or top five players, uh, get signed to to one of these teams for like a year contract that's worth mm. uh, at least six figures or something. I don't know, something like that, right? I think I think that would be pretty cool, if we're, mm-hmm. especially for that bubble scene. Uh, I can I bring this up because I've, I've actually been thinking about this. Why like these systems don't exist, right? 
And sure. I think another big thing is the longevity of the esport. That's um, fair. or like your ability to make a livelihood beyond beyond your stint as an esports pro player um, is relative to your ability to kind of pivot or divert yourself within the space right after you're done your career um but it's not like 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 essentially in most sports if you're good enough and you at least get that first contract for three years you've made your millions okay (laughs) like you have um, enough to live for the rest of your life (laughs) but in esports it's how long can i stay on top right so like that might Mm -hmm. be another thing preventing this establishment of of these academies or this this kind of uh ground up system is the fact that at the end of the day, some of these pros are going to be pros for a year or two, right? And then yep. they're going to have to move on. Whether it's because people get better than them or they just like, yeah, I can do this for another two years, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this for another 10, 20. Um, and, and even, it, it, once again, it, it's, it's definitely how much they're being paid, right? Yep. If, if they could get a one-year contract where it's like, here's, a, here, you know, here's $2 million, then they, they can just try to, try to survive two years and they're good, you know? Like, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, okay what uh, with this i'm actually kind of want to finish my point here yes um, at this point now uh i think that instead of having the academy system as it is in like the the nano soccer academies where it's like okay you're 13 14 you're really good at the game come and play play with us for a couple years and then you'll be on our pro team um i think instead of that something that would be kind of nice i think maybe um just thinking about it is something that instead of that it's the bubble scene it, it's the team houses where the teams themselves have their b c d whatever's um teams that aren't necessarily the ones that they're um playing in in the best tournaments in the rlcs but they either play in some random one-off smaller tournaments like the bnt bc uh tournaments which do exist by the way um but the tournaments aren't their focus the tournaments are just kind of there to give a reason. Um, they're there to actually eventually make, make it to the better teams. They're there for boot camping for pretty much the entire duration of their stay. I think that's, that would be. That's cool. pretty close to like Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has the farm mm-hmm. system, has the minor leagues. Um, and that's kind of what they use it for. They use it as we're going to develop players. We're going to find our prospects. We're going to find out mm-hmm. who's good and who can actually make it to the next level. And we're going to develop those players and then move them up through the chain. Yeah. That's That would be a good type of system and everything here. So like having an actual minor league setup where the teams, the organizations are sponsoring it would make a ton mm-hmm. of sense. Now, mm-hmm. this kind of leads into a, a different type of category because, um, you know, Esports as a career for an organization type of thing, there it's not there's no consistency to it. You're not gonna like you don't have 10 organizations, 20 organizations that are like those are the orgs that these esports have. No, you've got whatever random team is good enough to qualify for RLCS, they're gonna play until they get picked up by an org that can actually that actually can sustain them mm-hmm. um and and hope for the best. But it's not like you're gonna have consistent orgs that have the monetary backing to do something like a farm system now you really should have like if you're nrg and you're cloud nine and you're all these large orgs that have the financial backing then yeah 100 that should be on your list of things that you're doing and they may or may not have something like that that we don't know about but um that's kind of the the tough position they're in the 
the gaming esports and gaming overall is not consistently treated like the multi-million dollar business that it is like yeah. realistically it's it's so inconsistent from that end of things well okay here's just a slight break right mm-hmm. the main video game industry is so much bigger than the esports industry mm-hmm. um and i think with esports it's always been tough because i mean like Overwatch League is the worst perpetrator for this mm-hmm. um, yep. because it had big goals, but it, it was beyond a bubble, like what the Overwatch League was trying to uh, accomplish. Because, I mean, I'll just put it this way with the Overwatch League. They hadn't realized that it was not a good spectator sport. <laughs> um, and then they made, you know, a billions of dollars put into this league, right? Um, now... I I just I think there is a slight bubble with esports in general that people are very wary of, um, and it's it's about. I think we need everything to go up a notch, but it just feels like like unless you're kind of, I don't know, CS:GO, League of Legends, or Dota, right? Most of the other esports really struggle when it go, comes to like that last the last bit where where it's kind of within a business model that works right um mm-hmm. and i just yeah anyway i i want to bring that point up that that i feel like like we're kind of esports has always been on the like it is crazy where esports now is compared to 10 years ago like don't get me wrong right it is it is the progress made in the last 10 years compared to the last you know previous 20 years is okay maybe maybe <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to fight Brutor on this one, but regardless, <laughs> the, the in the in general for all games, right, to be able to be on a platform where they can become an esport essentially for just being a game, if you get enough following, um, that is wild, right? The reality is not every game should be an esport, like straight yeah. up. Um, until you have enough people willing to watch the game, you probably shouldn't be looking at esports. Maybe you can do your opening tournament or whatever, but you probably shouldn't really be digging into that because you're spending money without any proof of product, right? And without any proof of the fact that your esport is something people actually want to watch and it can grow, right? People people that stop playing the game still want to watch it. That is the greatest thing an esport can have. Well, and um, that's why it's weird that there's not, again, like a, a standard infrastructure built out for some of these things. Like, mm-hmm. well, when Rocket League first started, Major League Gaming was kind of like the standard across <laughs> gaming, right? Like it it was something like, okay, Rocket League even had its own. I think we watched uh, we watched one on a live thing and it was pretty, pretty rough to watch. But um, it's crazy because by 2015, I'm going to be honest, Major League Gaming by was 2015 going was going out, right? Yep. Like I, I think I think 2000 and... 13 would get, be probably I, when I, I would say it's going to 2013 when it started going out. Yeah. Okay. But it like it had the five years before and probably you could probably go and even stretch that even further back. But you know, I, I think, I think you're right. I think MLG was this giant thing. Cause it was literally here are all the esports games and like giant tournaments that's true. and mm-hmm. th- that kind of, I think ah, that's a great point. Cause they had open tournaments too, right. Where people like literally anyone can show up and then all of a sudden they're a big deal now. Right. I think, I think the hard part is the games themselves become bigger than MLG can support. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where the games do their own tournaments because they're like, why don't we just do this ourselves? Because we're already big enough to do it. But the hard part about any kind of esport and competitive nature of games when you're looking at taking it to that next level is n- games don't have the guaranteed longevity or monetary value. You can create a game mm-hmm. with the intention of it being an esport 
Overwatch being your kind of perfect example there, um, you know, games will come out with the intention of this is going to be an esport, but they don't have that guarantee. They're, they're not always going to get somebody to bite. It's not always going to grab on. And so, no, it doesn't have the guaranteed longevity. It doesn't have the guaranteed monetary value. So that's kind of a, a rough position to be in because you cannot count on it like, and, and traditional sports have the same exact problem. The G League is not something that any, anybody watches for the NBA. You know, stuff like the XFL and the Arena Football League and all these different football leagues that have come out trying to capitalize on the NFL's coattails. Like those things don't always succeed. They really mm-hmm. don't. Um, there's not a lot of minor league or um, knockoff leagues that do have success. So, you know, it's it's just a, a challenge. So that's where... You know, that's kind Mm -hmm. of my last little portion for where the culture of esports is bad is they don't have the guaranteed value and and the overall maturity around that makes it even more difficult because you don't you don't know who's going to be representing your game and who's going to be representing the culture for whatever Mm. kind of period of time. Something like Rocket League, when the player base is on the professional level, much younger than, you know, potentially other games like if you have 16, 17 year olds they're not going to have the traditional maturity that somebody who's 22, 23 and and older and stuff will have just from a little bit of life experience. And even then, if you look at, you know, anyone that's maybe 28, if they look at themselves back at 23, they're like, man, I was dumb and immature. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's going to be a challenging thing. You of course have maturity issues in traditional sports and stuff as well. And so it's not just the esports is having this issue. It's just, I don't think when you're looking at, 15 16 year olds that is the entry level for professional rocket league they're going to have a much tougher time um because they just don't don't have the full comprehension of implica- implications and all of that so there's challenges that go along with it but one of the other you you brought up um you know the amount of money somebody can make in like a year or two and stuff in an esport you know if if you can find a way to consistently make 40 to 50,000 dollars a year playing an esport, playing a game or something like that. That I mean, that's flat out a career. Many people with four year mm-hmm. degrees, you know, make that kind of money, and they had to spend four years doing it. So I and, don't, and, you know, I don't ever the buy that. You have to make millions. Well, okay, the potential here, here, the potential for your longevity is your ability to transition when you are finishing your career, effectively into like either being a caster or a content creator, right? Yeah. Um, and that is up to the individual. I just think the reality is for a lot of people, once they hit that peak and they're like a pro player that was one of the best players for two years, three years, not all of them are going to be cut out to do content, right? So your your first bump of a career, your first sustained income, I feel really much gets shaken once you start getting to the second part of the career. And there's only so many people who are personalities who, are, who already know kind of that they're working at like their personality and that content games really working for them. There's only so many people that know that uh, before they kind of end their career. Right. That's why you'll see a lot of people where it's like, Oh, you're a pro player. And I mean, to, to be fair to rocket league in some ways, um, early adopters have the best and the worst thing the best because they can get in early if they're really good at the game and really like rise to fame but the worst because you don't know if the game's going to be at a level where you can get those you know 50 grand shall we say per year in a couple years right um Mm -hmm. once you already know that there's that 50 grand guaranteed then it's i guess that's staying at the highest level just to keep that 50 grand right is is definitely uh, a lot harder and i mean to your point i mean you know if someone can do an esports career for 10 years and then uh, you know go to university like that, or or you know, or they find a job and they work their way up in the job. That's that's totally fine too. So, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall that kind of, I mean, we, we have a lot of overlap here, so I'm not going to, not going to take a, a ton more time. It kind of like leans into esports as a career. And I kind of divulge this into two different sections. So mm-hmm. esports as a career as a player and then as an org, mm-hmm. what that is looking like right now. So start off as a player, you kind of mentioned and alluded to it. You either have to a start really young on something that's going to have long-term longevity. <laughs> so like you had to, you had to start on on Rocket League, you know, if you started at 10 or 11 years old when Rocket League came out and you're turning 15 now and you're an absolute stud at the game, you are in yeah, the best position. <laughs> best position possible, right? Yeah. Or you have to like you said, be very good at a early in a game's life cycle. You have to be somebody that played SARP or something like that before or you just have the natural skills that kind of dictate towards that game and you can get in that top 0.1% from the jump. And then you can just kind of maintain being at the top and then you have to hope that the game takes off. So in Rocket League's case, yeah, it took off in a significant way, not the most significant, but in a pretty, pretty darn significant way by comparison to where it started. It's more popular now versus when it came out or, you know, the last year has been more popular than the first three years. And so, you know, it's one of those things of, um, Esports has that interesting trajectory where games get more popular the longer they're out versus like a traditional like an RPG game that's like popular for the first two months and then people stop playing it progressively. So, um, yeah, being a fad isn't necessarily good for the long term, right? Everyone's switched to I mean, certain games do do maintain their popularity, right? Um, but there are certain games that like are so big for like a year or two and then they completely disappear, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, are they successful though? Like they still have more people playing than your game, but your game's lasted 10 years. So that's kind of <laughs> kind of <laughs> the, the philosophical question you got to think about, right? Yeah. So, so that's the first kind of bullet point thought I have there. Um, you have to have unencumbered time. You have to really mm. be able to actually have time. And that's the really challenging part as a player is if you want to actually be that level of good, you not only have to have the natural ability and inclination and everything for it but i mean think of like a 14 15 year old and everything like that who's got parents that are in their 30s to 40s and that you know that 13 14 year old it's not like their parents are gonna be like yeah go ahead spend six hours a day playing rocket league that's fine Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. don't have school and homework and a life and preparing for college and all that stuff to do go play six hours of rocket league like being able to get that is going to be even more rare as a player yeah um but that kind of leads me into like if you really want, you know, to to have a career in esports, not only does that player, but the family of that player, they need to treat them like a pro athlete prospect. We kind of talked about it earlier with like academy teams and stuff, but even in like NFL basketball players, all this different stuff, they from a very young age, they are treated like you're going to be a professional at this thing. So mm-hmm. we're going to everything in your life is going to be dictated towards that the leagues you play in, the people you play with, the schools you go to are all dictated by you're going to become a professional. That's what the top level players do. They have specific teams and leagues and schools they go to specifically to become a professional. So it's so always a challenge there. And then um, really the, the main way for a lot of pros that aren't on those high level orgs and having a ton of tournament success, they have to make all their money on Twitch. They have to make all their money into pretty much independently on Twitch. They might have a little bit of sponsorship, but to actually make money where they can commit their time and energy to rocket league or an esport, they have to make a lot of it on Twitch and it's just a, just a challenge there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 
honestly, I disagree with that one. I, there's not really much that you can say about time. We're all limited. So figuring out how to be the best at something in the limited amount of time you have is just like. If there's only one good one thing you're you know you really have time to get good at at once mm-hmm. if you want to be at the level of pro right yeah um if you if you want to learn just a random thing for fun then you know the relative amount of time that you actually have to input it can be put into everyone's regular schedule right um you know yeah. once a week for one hour if you have three things you're learning once a week for one hour over three years or four years, you'll learn those things to a proficient level. Um, but it's, it's when it's like, no, everything else you have to forget and you're only getting good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's when it definitely becomes, uh, cumbersome. Well, if, if you want to be Justin versus somebody that just happens to be really good, you know, if you want, if you want to be Justin instead of somebody that, Oh, I'm on my CRL team, but I'm a, you know, 16 to 1800 player, then it's going to take a different type of commitment on top of the natural ability. And it's, I think the big thing that like people realize is what's meaningful to you as you grow up, right? Mm. What are, what are the bigger things I worry about? Um, and I just, I think the reality for, for us here is that, you know, we, we made that decision where it's like, I don't, I, it's not only like if you are someone who's dedicating six hours or seven hours or eight hours or 12 hours to a game, right? Um, it's really hard to both be doing that and have grown as a person enough to, to like be very rigid in making sure that you're taking care of yourself, both physically, but also like, you know, uh, mentally and emotionally and all those things. So I, I think what we kind of see why we, I, this is just a side tangent a little bit, but I think why we see so much burnout, even from younger players is because, they do that for like, if you do that, if you play six hours a day for two or three years um, and you aren't someone who's really strict and disciplined about making sure to do the appropriate things, um, you are going to burn out and everyone's going to burn out anyway. But I think, I think there is a certain with all the youngest players we have. My biggest fear is like what happens when um, their initial drive for the game disappears. Can they be that, you know, workman that, that really pushes through to actually have three or four years uh mm-hmm. at, at the end right um <laughs> i just i'm just reminded sorry of a soccer podcast as i listen to and they're joking there's like a 35 year old player or whatever and 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 uh he's you know he he like scored a beautiful goal and, and, they're, and they're like yeah he like stays after practice and he's like i'm really trying to get like this one skill done and then like they're joking in the pod it's like because they're like all like x you know like 20 years ago they were playing pro right um, and they're all joking about like, yeah, if I was at that point in my career, I just like get a good contract uh, to come to the States and <laughs> make my money and maybe not <laughs> strive so much. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the difference, right? That's why that guy's <laughs> still in the top league at 35, because he, every day after practice, he still has the, the will to perfect this one little thing. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even comparing it to, uh, you know, to professional sports like soccer or something like that, you have a player. You can have players that they grind it out for a number of years. You know, they're kind of at the top of their league for, let's say, two, three years. But they don't 100% disappear, but they're not the player that they were during those peak years. You look at a player like Wayne Rooney, right? He was, I remember, I mean, when I was in high school, he was considered one of the best players, period, across all leagues at that time. And then, you know, not long after, it's like, 
Oh, he's still playing. Oh, now he's playing in the States. Oh, I haven't heard his name in 10 years. And then you mm-hmm. find out he's still like, tech, but he's like kind of disappeared for some of that time frame. Because I think anything like that to be. So can, I just, fl- can I just tell you, mm-hmm. Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo are the same age. <laughs> Wayne Rooney looks like he's 65. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's not doing bad as a, as a rep. Okay, this is the thing. He's always uh, him, looked old though him, from like being 24. Yeah, 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 he was like yeah, yeah. balding at 24 or something like that. Him yeah. and Gerard are actually doing quite well as, as managers, as they call it, or coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd call it on this side of the pond. But yeah, um, you're totally right though, right? It's like, you know, you know, um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and my last kind of point before I throw some funny questions, um, <laughs> Wab's way that he hasn't heard yet, I hope. Um, uh, so the other part of esports as a career is as an org, um, you know, plenty of people start there. there there's literally a million people starting orgs of their <laughs> esports at any given time. You have all of a sudden, like, you know, this esport thing that is popping up and now they're going to compete for LCS and they're going to compete in this and they're going to do, um, they're getting their, their team put together, but they're not actual orgs. They're just, they're independent communities that maybe are facilitating players and everything like that, but they may not be able to really compensate players as professional athletes and professional, you know, at, at their sport. And so it's, um, it's very easy to start. Everyone can start one at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like we could start the ASAP one and throw, uh, you know, like Ty Sugles, he was like top one twenty eight NA at, uh, on one, so he could be our captain. And you know, you throw yeah, we'll Crunch we'll Crunch and Messi in there, and it'll be fine. Yeah, we got it. We got a team. We'll pay you uh, uh, in an exposure. <laughs> exposure. You bring bring them on the uh, the podcast every now and again, and you call it good. It's fine. <laughs> um, and. The kind of benefit there is to anybody being able to start an org is if you do for some reason, like have a lot of early success, like very early success, it can lead to a ton of quick growth that could actually facilitate a career for either these players or that organization. So even just like that modicum of early success can build out an entire career for people. So um, that's kind of the good part for being an org. If you've got, you know, kind of the diamond in the rough and you guys put something together, then yeah, you can probably, you know, gain some money out of it and, and build on that. But the hard part is eventually if, if you want that time commit from your players, they're going to look for that money and you're going to kind of fall off to some of the larger orgs that buy out these players that these players look to be a part of and everything there. So you get, you'll get poached mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but that's kind of my overall thought of esports from an org perspective. It's just, it's an oversaturated market. Um, literally like looking the difference between RLCS now versus a few years ago when it was RLRS and and all that with with RLCS and you had the two separate leagues. RLCS felt more of a league, like a infrastructure league back then than does now. Well, and I think people are kind of to a degree clamoring for something like that again because it is it's oversaturated. You don't you don't have the consistency of knowing who the teams, the players, and everything are. The great part is, is that anybody can qualify at this point. You just have to be good mm-hmm, enough and you can qualify. So I love that por- portion of things. I just wish it was, okay, you're, these teams didn't qualify. They participated, but maybe they didn't make top 16. They made top 32, but not top 16. Well, the next 16, we're actually going to have the minor league series for them. And the top two from that, and they can have like a relegation for the next split. The top two from that minor league series they get their bid into the next into the winter split or something like that or the next Yeah, I think one. it should be open into minor league 
minor league into major. I think I think we kind of agree on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are uh, those are my overall thoughts from from esports and everything. We uh, we've we've turned it into a whole episode, which is exactly what I had planned. So quick, great planning. <laughs> All right, hit, hit Wabs with some of those questions. Okay, let's see what we got here for Wabs. All right. Are they the questions that have already been asked or are these separate questions? That you've these made? are going to be questions that I sent you, but didn't send to, but I don't know if you shared any of them with labs, but I sent to you. Got it. I got it. Got okay. It. So labs mm-hmm. ready, which esport orgs that use a letter for their logo has the best logo that use lettering for their logo has the best logo. I, I honestly think C9s straight C9s. up. Yeah, okay. just because they use the three C's as the cloud, okay. I think, or the two nines, or what is it? No, what, what, if, what if we kept this uh, just within just within Rocket League? C nine, they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't cope. They're coming back. <laughs> um, let's um, see. If I'm within looking Rocket at League, them. I I kind of love the. Uh, I know this isn't just lettering, but I'm sticking with the numbers. I really like G uh, twos. G2 is the, the symmetrical, like semi-symmetrical yep. at least. I, I really like G2s. Okay. Plus the red, uh, black, and white. <laughs> yeah, delicious. they're the ones, they, they use lettering, but it's not specifically lettering, which is what I like about theirs versus somebody like um, Ghost that has just the G, everything yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, if I you're looking at just, just the specific, in there. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like Sonics. I like their, their little spiral S thing that they have going on there. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And then Shopify Rebellion, they they kind of have this weird like Warcraft three oh, look going to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, although it looks more like a K than an R, but you know whatever. It uh, does. It does. <laughs> but I, I like the the are those the ones with the uh, kind of prongs at the bottom, right? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. No, I love that. Side. Yeah, yeah, those are nice. Um. Okay, so that's the first one there, Lazira. What do you got for that? For a single letter, like best for, for letter. They, they use lettering specifically as their logo. I think TSM has a really sick one. It looks clean, like the circle with the TSM. Mm-hmm. But it does have to be Rocket League specific. I mean, no longer Rocket League. If we if we want if we want to keep it on brand, but it's okay. We're, we're only the, the best Rocket logo? League podcast. Uh, who has the best logo? Um, that uses letters. That, that uses, uses lettering as the letter as the logo. Just letters. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> There's a lot of really annoying ones that I'm like, oh, this is clean, but I'm, I don't think it's great. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine, but it's not like it doesn't stand out. It's just letters. You know what? I Version think there's one. some teams that try to do too much. Like, uh, um, what was it? E United. They confuse yeah. me because it, mm-hmm. it looks like a USA logo, but it says EU. But yeah. But they have, they're in USA based. I'm not a anyway. huge fan of Face Clan's logo as like because it's letters. It's supposed to be like letters, it's but it's yeah. it's a weird FC. But like the yep. F is backwards. Like I don't I don't I don't know. I always read the right letter, which is the C, as an F because yep. it's still an F. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, uh, evil genius. <laughs> All right. All right. No bias. No nostalgia bias. There. <laughs> uh, okay. So then, who has the best and worst logos from the non-letters? I love the uh, space station um, underwater diver. I will never not see that as a diver. Oh, uh, you don't see it as an astronaut? Nope. <laughs> Little scuba I diver. Yep. I, do see. Uh, uh, I think I think Rogue probably has probably the 
I mean, it's also the most like clip arty looking version, but it's also probably one of the, <laughs> no, no G2, G2 probably has the best logo of the non just lettering. It has letters, but I think they use the G, the G2 as the face portion. I think it comes out really clean and as they still samurai. have the whole samurai. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mm-hmm. think G2 mm-hmm. probably is overall number one for me there. I I agree with you on that, actually. Um, I love G2s. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so some of it is pretty straightforward and makes sense, but some of it, um, you're going to have to get creative here. If you mm-hmm. could rename some teams to include a mascot as part of their as part of their team name. Mm-hmm. So like with like something like hockey, like the Nashville Predators, if you can make that out of existing teams, what would be some of the mascots and names that you would give some of the teams? So like G2, if you like the G2 Samurai. Oh, okay. Space Station astronauts or something like that. So what would be some of the like divers? divers space station <laughs> scuba divers <laughs> the data toss aliens is definitely there and uh, red bull g's <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right that's, that's think there. about it yep yep um <laughs> the oxygen oxygen tank oxygen tanks is yep, what it's the, o- the oxygen tanks oh <laughs> oxygen tanks i <laughs> love it yeah. that is great really? oh my goodness um, um uh, with with the sonic's logo you could be like the sonic wins because it looks like a little tornado type of thing Ooh, sonic tornado is gonna be give them the tor- yeah that's what i was gonna say you i was just thinking like tornadoes. sonic wind kind of like rolls off you know with the little punny aspect to it um rogue assassins because their logo is a little Mm-hmm. that's pretty straightforward <laughs> yep. the Shop- got, the shopify one. warcraft threes <laughs> um I, I got one i got one you ready no. the face clan f boys <laughs> <laughs> the mascot is just a tiktok star <laughs> give me the mascots <laughs> but it, it's gotta it's gotta be f boy like with the actual word out but the only capitals is the f and the c for face yeah yeah clan. for sure for sure for sure for sure <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, energy, the energy drinks energy oh is actually I was thinking about this right because they're energy generals now right because they have like the general assurance or whatever mm-hmm. but I was thinking about this like energy does not work well with mascots like I feel like that name doesn't work very well I think they might be able to just get Red Bull yeah you just I, be I the energy drinks oh no 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 like energy Red Bull yeah yeah it has to be an energy drink I think you're yeah. right monster or something like that yeah yeah I think ghost just doesn't have a mascot <laughs> i mean they're not existent anyways it's fine no to speak to the ghosts they're not there uh so it's the it's the energy prime that's uh logan paul and ksi's new uh <laughs> energy oh. drink <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> uh, although energy prime and then it's an amazon i'm just saying that's not bad prime energy <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the previous version, was which wasn't in its prime. Uh, let me see right. if I've got one more here. I'm going to run through uh, some of the question. Okay, so this one, um, it's in the actual questions channel, but it's one of my questions, so I feel like I am allowed to ask it. Okay. Um, keeps along the, uh, generally along the, the line that we've been working with here. Um, which brands, franchises, or organizations do you think would make for a good Rocket League crossover? Similar to like the Ghostbusters, Fast and Furious NFL events. Mm-hmm. Which ones do you think would provide the right mixture of unique with unique with good fan and player engagement? 
I was thinking about this one and I honestly couldn't come up with an answer. Okay. Um, the answer is Star Fox. <laughs> Actually, yes. I fully agree with that. Just all the designs you could do for like the, the ship and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just may just put it just straight up put it in and you can either have like the actual thing or have the that do as a, a barrel roll emote. Oh. <laughs> have that as a quick chat that's like have now quick paid chat. quick chats. When, do, what do are they doing that, by the way? When are they doing premium quick chats? Because Oh my goodness. <gasps> Yo get rid of all the quick chats you don't like people using and then make what a save a premium quick chat, make a million dollars. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. All right. Hire me, marketing team. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think I think Rock and Tiger kind of had the he had a line in there that said Avengers themed cars, um, so kind of like how they did the DC event and stuff. But you do like a, mm-hmm. with Avengers type of stuff, like you do an Iron Man logo, you oh, do a, uh, um, you know Captain America type of decal and all those different things, which is just really the E United decal. Um, <laughs> Transformers, Transformers would be a good one. Transformers and when they hit really supersonic, they get like wings pop out. <laughs> Transformers would be a pretty good one. Um, and then they score. They just completely transform. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. Like that. That's actually really interesting. There, the cars themselves change post. Uh, oh no! If, if you want premium cars, like at some point, cars are gonna have to. Like here, here it is. Okay, League of Legends didn't have any unique skins, and then they came out with this Lux skin. Okay, where <laughs> literally during the game, constantly changing like what it looks like. So uh, my idea is here: every time you score, it changes colors. <laughs> a car that does that that would be so cool have some presets yeah. that it rotates on yeah, yeah yeah exactly i mean they've already done some of that right with the bmw you know when you reach speed it changes colors and everything mm-hmm. so they've already done some yeah. of that so you know it wouldn't be uh wouldn't be incredibly difficult for you know part of the goal explosion is your car changes colors as like a celebration type of thing no for sure uh i think this is probably where we're gonna call it um so thank you so much relentless oh, sorry. i mean tim oh wow. sorry i i just wow. i just had a that bad flashback uh you know I, I i hope i didn't summon any demons uh from the depths of hell but um <laughs> i i hope i i hope i hope uh this is yeah you, you've been you've been resurrected as the uh as tim as tim Look, every every uh, time i come back i either bring somebody with me or i actually have a plan for the show that's been it's been pretty much pretty consistent <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, that's that's why that's why I haven't completely uh, kicked you out yet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've only got to come uh, up with another 20 questions for you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, for another show. No, uh, no, you, you, Tim, you've been great. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, I think there's some great uh, discussion points and, and esports is definitely a thing that I could probably talk for hours on because I feel like it's it's such a very unique um, space to be in. Um and uh, yeah, and I enjoy talking mm. about it. Um, thank you, Wabs, for being on the show. Uh, thank you to our patrons who support us all so much. Um, you guys are awesome. I uh, hope you're enjoying the pre-shows. Hope you're enjoying the uh, the monthly shows with Wabs and I. Um, and then special, special shout out to the roll call to your patrons of Awesomeness, Cursive, Paint, and Raz. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and with all that, your homework for the week is to give someone that you haven't known like that, that you've kind of like, you know, they might be an acquaintance. It might be a friend. They might be a classmate. It might be a coworker. They haven't really talked to give them a chance to get to know them. That doesn't mean you have to be friends with them, but give them a chance uh, to get to know them and uh, say hello. 
there it is. Uh, and with that, I bid you all a great week. We'll see you next time. <gasps> Peace. Bye.